everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Unapologetically Different Podcast. This is Season 8, Episode 59. I'm your co-host, Key. And I'm your co-host, Coach P. I'm really excited about today, Key. There's been some ups and downs to get this episode out. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a lot of ups and downs to get this episode going, but I'm actually excited about the work that we're doing. And prior to us doing this episode, we did a little photo shoot. Yeah. So we can't wait to debut all the pictures that we have going on. Just stay tuned for us while we put that out on our social media accounts, okay? Yeah, and your eyes are still glittering. I love it. You like it, right? Yes. Glitter is really good. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. (laughs) Now we're going to get into it at Coach P. Let's do it. All right, cool. So Cam Newton was on the late, late night show with James Corden, and he spoke about, you know, being sex-free for about a month. Mm. And um, I thought that was really interesting. It seems like he's on these monthly challenges that he's been on. Um, He's starting to do vegan, and now he spoke to, like, sex-free March. And I thought that was really interesting. I don't know... When it comes to those topics pertaining to being sex-free, whether it's abstinence or celibacy, I'm always a bit tad bit confused because I've considered those routes of taking those of being sex-free, but I always kind of question what is the why factor. Yeah. So I'm glad that he brought that and he kind of spoke to it. What is your take on it, just having a whole month off of no sex? You know, Coach P and them chicks be signing them DMs. Uh, barely. Barely. <laughs> <laughs> But no, um, I don't know. I think when it comes to like having like a sex free month, I think there's some value in that. I think a lot of times we can get really just caught up in doing the same routines and doing the same things over and over again. Are we talking about the same sexual routines? Oh, that or or just just in general. <laughs> <laughs> Caught the stutter. Oh, okay. Heard you. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. <laughs> but like, I think sometimes when you take a step back from doing certain things like maybe if you're going on a a detox on bread or carbs or something kind of the same way you kind of step back and you actually just appreciate it a little bit more um and also i know like i think from the perspective of when you're not having like that physical Uh sex with someone Mm -hmm. and you're just really connecting more on a mental emotional level there's some value in that as well too i definitely had a long distance relationship in the past and it was really intense because we spoke all the time and it wasn't any physical uh, interaction. So, like, that, there was a real strong connection that way. So I'm not sure what Cam Newton's, like, reasoning behind going sex-free for March, but I do think there can be some value from it. What do you think? I think it can be depending on what your purpose and your why factor is. I think keeping in mind, are you doing it? Because you just want to be in tune with that person Mm -hmm. if you have a person. So being really in tune with that person and just saying, like, take away all sexual advances and stuff of that nature. I'm a sexual person. I'm a sexual being. So sex matters to me. But if it's taken out of the equation where I could really reevaluate you and who you are and what you bring to the table besides the sexual aspect of it, then I think that's great. I think it's a great way for you to, if you're in a relationship, to decide what kind of growth you want in this strategy you're going to implement into your relationships pertaining to hey do I not want to have sex and kind of get to build and get to know who you are and not solely be so sex driven or do sex really makes a difference you know for me sex matters I'm a sexual being and for me sex is a form of expressing yourself it's kind of art in a way, depending on how it's done so for me <laughs> I'm gonna keep it a hundred it matters to me However, other aspects of this 
<laughs> he itching the roots. <laughs> Other aspects of a relationship matters to me as well. Um, but I do believe you have to decide where you stand with that person and kind of the longevity and consistency you want in a relationship. Or if you are not in a relationship, where you want to see come to light with that person that you're with and you're kind of getting to know if that's the case. But... Yeah, I could see him taking a month off. I would say a month is not enough. I'd say, you know, three is kind of my favorite number. So if I'm going to go hard and I want to make a difference, I think three months is a pretty solid. If I was with someone and I just want to take a break from us being sexual and just kind of getting to other aspects of the relationship, I think three months is a pretty good timeline, very challenging a lot of attempts of being, you know, enticed. <laughs> but I think to some aspects, it'll definitely bring you closer depending on the person you're with. Now, is that three months just no sex or... Well, I see that twinkle in your eye, though. No, no, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what's, like, the logistics. It's just not having sex. You're still doing your, your, your alone me time. I mean, it would be three months of no sex. Like, the most we would do is kiss. And kissing is so problematic because depending on how sensual and sexual the kiss is, it could lead to other things. But yeah. I would say three months of no sex, just kissing, if that. No, I mean when you're alone. Alone, meaning no one is a part of my life? No, no, no. In terms of, like, you and me time. Me time. Yeah. Your toys. No, nothing. No, nothing. nothing. Oh, okay. No, like, I just, off I just... the rip, no oh, sex, okay. no nothing. Yeah, nah, we can't cheat. <laughs> I don't cheat. I don't do that. Nah. I ain't no Tom Brady. I'm sorry. <laughs> Too soon? A little, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. I kind of did. But um, nah, I don't cheat. I want to keep it strictly honest. So if it's going to be me and someone in something mm -hmm. and we're going to take a break or hiatus just to kind of figure each other out, I would not do anything sexual. No toys. No foreplay. No fingers, no nothing. No, no, I, I meant on yourself. Like, that's what I just said. Inclu okay, like got nothing. It, got I would it. just be like that's fully. That's tough. That's tough. Like fully engaged. But I, granted, we're on the same page as to what we want and what we aspire to be. So yeah. Yeah. If he's like, listen, I'm open to us just doing things on ourselves without anyone involved. Hey, that's cool. But if we have a clear understanding, I think that's pretty cool. But I think we do need to. When you're in something with someone, and granted, for me, sex matters. It's a big thing for me. But I do want to be with someone where it's like, okay, the sex is taken care of. We know it's Gucci. Let's focus on other aspects of our relationship that we can build, we can grow, we can strengthen. Yeah. You know, I think once the sex is locked in and you know it's a mutual thing and it's good, other aspects of the relationship could fall in play if you actually put into work. Yeah. But I'm going to keep it on. I'm one of those chicks. Sex do, do matter to me. Like, if it's trash, we probably won't go anywhere. I feel like this should matter to everybody if it's trash. It doesn't, though. It doesn't? Some people does it, it does. Not? Some people it does. Like, like, some, some people, people could go weeks without sex, and I'm like, Bruh. Like, how you in a whole relationship and y'all ain't had sex in a no, month? See, like, that that's confusing make, that to me. That makes no sense. Yeah. Like, that is, and I'm not even saying it to be on some, like, extra shit, because I know people are like, oh, whatever. But it's like, I can't see me being in a whole relationship for, like, months on end, and we go a whole month without sex. Like, there has to be something. Like, if it's, like, a surgical thing or, like, an actual <laughs> medical incident, cool. But if it's, like, we not having sex for a whole month, that's that's a problem for the kid, honey. Because yeah. mama think about sex all the time. 
Let me not fe- be on my Jill's. Gosh, shut <laughs> I was up, about to let me say. Just keep it. Let me just you keep hear it PG that, fellas? Definitely get ready to slide into those DMs. Let me just keep it PG thirteen. I don't want to do all of that. Especially after her three month hiatus, <laughs> be ready for the picket. <laughs> you ain't shit. No, no, you definitely. Shit, I, I, I couldn't imagine that. Like being with someone and not having sex for like a whole month. I do think, I think sex is really important. It's just like you need it, and if you're not, when you're not having it, then you really, really want it more but i think one it's a stress reliever it damn if it's it, done right right we have to be specific <laughs> we just can't say if it's trash it's not a stress reliever if True. it's good it's a, if it's trash it might cause more stress it cause I, there, was, there was literally this story on um on breakfast club someone called in about how he got ghosted from this girl he was dating after like six months and they called the girl and she ended up saying like yo his penis was just too small, and I just couldn't do it anymore. And I'm like, wait, you really were having sex with him for six months and never said anything until now, and then you just ghosted him? Mm-hmm. She actually didn't say anything. Have you ever done that, Key? Why? Just ghosted someone because the sex was bad? Yeah. Damn. I did it, but I tried to be nice, though, but he just wasn't getting a hand. And I was like, all right, then that's that. You, had um, to make, you made it clear to him? I made what? it clear. I had to just, like get to the root of the problem which mm. is kind of like yeah but um yeah i had i definitely had to shut that down real quick it was it wasn't that great and i try to give you know advice during the process but apparently <laughs> it just wasn't like, working yeah just tw- twist your back 20 20 <laughs> degrees <laughs> wait stop stop right there yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about this because it seems like you don't know what you're doing um but no and the thing is too with sex i'm glad we're on this shout, topic shout out to webmd that's where i learned everything i needed to know about sex oh okay you didn't watch porno videos all right cool so what i was saying is that i think i think it's important that you are very i've been very forthcoming with the person i've had sex with like in general like yeah. and i think we all need to be that way like let me just get a little bit specific. You know what I'm saying? If I have sex with multiple guys, what may work on one or two may not work on you if we were to engage in that. Luckily, Pierre and I are not in that situation, so we're not giving our viewers any, like, ideas as much as Pierre would like to see that happen. <laughs> no, <laughs> boo <laughs> But, no, realistically speaking, I think that whoever you engage with sexually, you need to communicate. What is it that you like? What is it that you don't like? Like, if I'm into you and I'm really into you i'm concerned about i want to perform well and i want to do a great job depending on what i'm doing so if i ask you i'm like yo is this how the way you like it done if not let me know you know i like to have those because i feel like some guys are not really outspoken there's some dudes that tell you no i don't do it like that but then there's others that'll be like uh and it'll just you know kind of stay there you just kind of got to figure it out through the bones and the cold and the, and the toes curling if that even happens <laughs> because that's that's a clear sign it's working if the toes are curling ladies but no seriously i think what's really important is that you communicate with the person you're being sexual with as to whatever you're doing to them if it works and i think we don't have those conversations enough, and it's very imperative to have that because what may work with your previous partner may not work with your new partner, and you don't want to make the assumption everyone likes it the same way. You may be into getting it from the back or doing it from the back, and that person that you with may just be into missionary. I, ma- I imagine you gave, gave, 
I'm mad you used getting up from the back twice. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm just saying as specifics. Uh, <laughs> a little we know what key, we know what key likes. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I do. I'm not gonna lie like, about that. That's kind of like a there's primary doggy thing. style. There's back shots. There's back shots. There's, there's the doggy door. style. There's, there's back door. Um, missionary is cool, but it's kind of like so organic. You know, like you gotta you have to switch. <laughs> The look on Coach Tree's face right now. But you have to switch it up. But I do think it's a form of communicating. Like, don't assume that what's good for one person you've been with is going to be assumed is going to be the same for everyone else. So you need to have that conversation. But back to the Cam Newton nah, my, point. my moves travel. <laughs> Your moves travel? Yeah, they're good on anyone. Oh, that's what they told you? Nah. Oh, yeah, okay. Nah, Did nah, you nah, double check? Did you take a survey? Huh? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like, nah, you ready for that. Um, but back to Cam Newton's point about taking a month off. I think when you're in with someone and you're fully engaged with that person, if you do decide to take a break and really reevaluate where you're at, I think that's really important. Sex matters for certain individuals. For me, it does. But you need to really figure out what other aspects of the relationship matters to you and what's pivotal for you to con- so that your relationship can grow and be consistent. You know, sex is not everything. Um, sometimes it's just a minimal factor of your relationship, if not huge portion of it depending on who you're with but reevaluating what is the core of it what is your why why you with that person aside from sex and kind of keeping that longevity going i think that's really important especially for our generation of people yeah i think that's a great way to end it thank you you're welcome so we're switching gears a little bit you know how we like to do it uh-huh. so recently barbara streisand did an interview she spoke to the Times in Britain talking about the Leaving Neverland documentary. So we did speak about this in a previous episode. Um, the documentary did debut, and there were two primary um, victims pertaining to that documentary of talking about Michael Jackson and what he has done to them. Now, the aftermath of what Barbara Streisand said was a little bit interesting pertaining to how she said that she felt bad for the children but then she feels bad for Michael Jackson. And she kind of put the blame on the parents in a sense that she was saying that, I guess, the parents who would allow their children to sleep with him. Um, why would Michael need these little children dressed like him and in shows and a dancing and the hats? So she was basically minimizing the abuse of what transpired between Michael and these kids as to blame it on the parents. Now, keep in mind, when we spoke about this incident in our previous episodes, we did talk about holding the, the parents accountable for their actions. And even with R. Kelly documentary, too, like not shying away from the parents are held accountable to some degree about having your child being involved with the grown man. And let me tell you something. I'm going to keep it on it because I see celebrities coming out on the forefront talking about this Michael Jackson joint. So Gucci in the hood. But my <laughs> thing is, like. He's a very talented man. We're not taking his talent away from him. I never would take it away from Michael. But we can't shy away from the fact that it's problematic that a grown-ass man was sleeping with young boys. You know, yes, these two people came forward about what transpired in that documentary. I'm not sure if the public is waiting for, like, 30 people to come out like it's a Cosby. Yeah, people have told me that they want more people they to come out. They want a community. Like... <laughs> you know, they want, a, they want like, a whole frigging college campus to come out. I'm not sure what the angle is. And my thing is, if even all of those plethora of people came out, would you believe it? Would you go by the quality of the story or would you go by the quantity of people? Just like with Cosby, I don't think it's about the quality of what was said in these women's stories. It was the quantity of women that came out. It's 30 women that came out. So it's like, oh, God, 
now believe it but it's like is it really like my thing is what is your drive and you believing that these people actually did things behind the scenes that we were not made aware of as a public. My thing is pertaining to the Barbara Streisand interview. You have every right to be entitled to your opinion. I'm sure she had a great relationship or she was affiliated with Michael Jackson into some aspects in terms of them being cool. And that's fine. But we can't shy away from the fact that there's a grown man, which I've realized with these celebrities and people having conversations pertaining to this documentary, it's a grown man sleeping with little boys. And if, and if, and if we took the talent away, and the lighter complexion with the nose, <laughs> with the straight hair, wait, no, like let's keep it a hundred. If he was a DMX or you, a black dark skinned dude that had no talent that was sleeping with little kids, it would have been a rap. It would, it would, it would never even been like, oh no, he's talented, like. Coach P is talented. <laughs> you know, like, no, really. And that's that's the problem that I have with this conversation around the Michael Jackson thing. It's never been a conversation denying that he slept with little boys. It's ne- Even the guy who directed this documentary, he said it on the Oprah interview. Subsequent to the documentary being dropped, there was an Oprah interview where she talked to these two accusers and the guy who did the documentary said, I didn't feel the need to interview Michael's family because we all knew he had a thing with sleeping with little boys. That's nothing to lie. And when he said that statement, I was like, I was kind of stuck on it because I was like, yo, you valid. Like, let's keep it 100. You were grown men sleeping with little boys. Whether y'all did whatever, you were grown men Sleeping with little boys. That is a problem. That is a huge problem. Like, I don't I don't care what childhood you lacked or missed or whatever Joe did to you, Michael. Rest in peace to you and Joe. I don't know what it was. That doesn't take away the fact that you a grown man sleeping with little boys. And to me, if it was anybody else who was not equally talented as Michael, it would have been a con- Oh, this is wrong. Oh, this is not okay. But because is Michael, he gets a pass. Coach P, am I, am I bugging? Can you? Can no, no, no. I I definitely fully agree with what you're saying. But I just want to quickly play devil's advocate here. Oh, that's what we know. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. in some families, I think it's like more normal to see nudity, where like the dad, mom might walk around naked. I don't know. Is that is that something normal for you? Or, because in a Haitian household, like, nudity was, like, that was just... Growing up for me, my mom walked around nude. Um, but, however, it was me and my older brother. So, she was definitely wore clothing when my brother was around. But if it was me and her, she was, like, flat-out nude. Got it. So, it wasn't like, oh, walk around nude, male or female, don't matter who's around. It was right. definitely about who was around at that time. So, for me, it was all boys. So just it was just like a nude resort. Oh, so dick was everywhere. Okay, <laughs> Literally. that's balls. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and titties and vagina. So you saw your mom. Yeah. Okay. My, I won't be. My little brother used to shower together until we got older. We spit, shared the same bed. So I don't know. Like, but what age was that where things started to change? Where it was like nudity was not normal in your household. Uh, I don't think you see your mom naked at twenty one. Um, I would hope not. <laughs> I would just, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just, you know, we just, we're just, I'm just saying. Okay? Uh, I probably have. Not gonna lie, I probably okay. have. But and I just wanted to throw that in there. But that doesn't change. Like that's your family, and that's I think your in, family, in, yes. in other like other parts of the world, like families are just so close, and nudity isn't like a, a 
taboo situation. It depends on the culture because not everyone does that. Right. No, that's yes. what I'm saying. It's it depends on the culture and like who, mm-hmm. what who, how you guys operate. But with the Michael thing, like those weren't his kids. Those weren't his children. He's he's with minors. And it's like every single year he's getting older and older and the boys are staying the exact same age, like seven to ten years old. Um, so it was, to be honest, it's just annoying. I, I'm like completely over it and I'm like I'm out of the Michael Jackson fan club just from listening to the documentary. Because like what you said, even though it wasn't that many people, the clear accounts were just so, um, they were so descriptive and then actually, like, people have known him and having young boys around in Neverland. That, like I said, that's nothing new. So regardless of whether he did anything or didn't, like, it's just it was just inappropriate from the jump. And you're right. If he was dark, dark Michael, still had the nappy hair. With and, the nose. <laughs> exactly, with the nose instead of light-skinned Michael with the long straight hair. Like, it probably would have been a different reaction as well, even though he is... Um, even though he is a pop star, because I do think that color definitely makes a huge difference at the end of the day. Once you're once you're black, it it's a target. It's like no, it's true. And what did you take on Barbara Streisand like commentary about just seemed like she was just blaming the parents and not necessarily blaming him. I I think in terms of blaming the parents, the parents do have some blame, but at the end of the day, when you're when you're just uh everyday regular person and you have this opportunity to be around literally uh, a pop star someone who taking the world by storm um your judgment can be impaired and he did seem so innocent like just very childlike in him in the way he carried himself so you felt like you felt safe around him but at the end of the day though it should there should have been a line drawn like no, he's 40, he's 30, he's 50. You're coming to sleep with me tonight. You can have phone Michael all day long, but you're not sleeping in his bedroom in a hotel. Valid. Like <laughs> it's not like, "Oh, we're going we're sending you over to Michael's house for a sleepover with his kids there." No, you're spending the night in his hotel room by himself like our Neverland. Right. Mm-hmm. Um I think the context of I do think parents should be held accountable even throughout with the R. Kelly documentary when we saw with some of those parents. I think parents need to be held accountable pertaining to Michael Jackson. However, I don't think the full blame should be put on them. Watching the documentary with Michael Jackson, I think it was just kind of like, oh, this is interesting. In the context of the parents knew what was transpiring. Not new, but like you knew something wasn't right, but then you continued it in a sense. You did not really try to stop it, which was problematic. But I would say this to that point is that I'm not sure what the angle was with Barbara Streisand really speaking to that incident in terms of just putting the blame on the parents. But the blame needs to be divided, not just with the parents, but also with holding Michael accountable for his actions. You know, and that is an issue. The fact that this has been going on for years, a conversation of him being into little boys, is nothing new. It's not a new discovery since he died. It's been going on when he was still alive. And I think we need to really be cognizant of those things because of what makes this problematic within its own right. And having conversations about this is that victims who are in these situations feel as if they can't come out because oh, this person is extremely talented. Oh, this person was really friendly to, like, several other people or millions of other people. But that doesn't negate the fact of what you went through. And this is why 
you know, there are perpetrators out there that continue what they're doing because they're not really fully being held accountable. Yes, Michael is dead. He cannot defend himself. And that's the part that gets me. It's like, I kind of wish this came out when he was alive. I wish the documentary came out. It's like, you know, the documentary came out R. Kelly's alive and we see he's all over the fucking place, which is another problem. But we're not going to get into Peter Piper. But when it comes to Michael Jackson, like, I kind of wish he was alive so he could speak to this or defend it or whatever he could have done on his end to really come to light about the situation. Even maybe have admitted, like, hey, I played a part in this. I'm trying to repair myself. My childhood wasn't what it is. These are the actual facts. I'm going to keep it 100 with you. Pertaining to Michael Jackson and his molestation stuff of him, look, I question whether he was molested when he was younger. Probably because and by whom I don't in his know. family, dad, brothers. If that, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I question if that was something that transpired with him because, you know, we know Michael didn't have a childhood. We know that he couldn't go out and do as much, um, and he was reprimanded you know, in terms of him not fulfilling or, or singing or what have you. But what other things took place with him behind closed door that we don't know about? And I kind of wish he was alive so he could speak to that. Not saying it will negate these victims and um, stories and what they went through, mm-hmm. but actually to shine a light around um, sexual assault and molestation at a young age and kind of have those conversations, you know what I'm saying? Like, even when R. Kelly, he was molested by his um, sister. That doesn't negate the actions of what he did moving forward, but it provides a little bit more context to what's at play. And I think that's the conversation we need to have, too. And with Michael, it's like that's missing because he's passed. I don't... Um, I don't look at these victims differently for coming forward and telling their story because we're in a different era. We're in the Me Too and Time's Up era. You know, people are being held accountable for their bullshit, you know? And it is what it is. Whether you're dead or you're alive, you're being held accountable for your bullshit. You see Cosby in prison, you know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. Like, we have to come to light about these situations. We need to have these conversations. But when it comes to the aspect of placing blame, I will blame on the parents to some degree because it's just like this fascination around fame and your child and utilizing them as a tool. So I do blame the parents involved in this situation, but I also put the blame on Michael. So I'm not sure what Barbara Streisand angle was pertaining to that, and she probably had a great relationship with Michael, so that's probably why she was divided, knowing that other celebrities felt the same way too. I can't really say I agree with that aspect of it, but I think that we need to not only put blame on the parents, but also holding Michael fully accountable for his actions because whether he's talented or not, he can moonwalk from here to Mars. It doesn't matter. You have to hold someone accountable for the actions. The fact that they affected other people's lives and the cycle that needs to be broken in this conversation about molestation pertaining to young boys, which is not a prevalent topic. So, yeah, that's my take on that. Yeah, R.P. Michael. RP. I'm over him. <laughs> I feel bad, but I'm over it. You like, feel bad, but it's over it. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I, I, at this point, I really don't care. I'm not. I feel like a lot of times I'll get caught up in what celebrities are doing and what's the new hot news about them, who they're dating, or what what projects are they working on. But I feel like at the end of the day, that just is a distraction from you focusing on the things that you want to do. Like when we were actually working on the art show and getting prepared for that. Unapologetic Art Expo. Yeah. I I realized I wasn't searching other people and what they're doing. I was just so focused on what I'm trying to get done. And I think a lot of times people look up to these celebrities and famous people because of the accomplishments that they have and oftentimes they have these accomplishments because they were so locked in and focused on their craft or whatever they were working on, whether it's acting, music, whatever. 
and that's the thing that we admire about them the the talent that they have but you don't really see the the hard work and all the hours that got put into that so and i think we can really aspire to be like them but you're gonna have to put in that work at the same time so when you're folk too focused on what everyone else is doing you can't you can't put in that work for yourself so Valid. that's why i'm just like whatever i'm literally i could care less at this point facts so we're switching gears a little bit um so it's been reported stephen clark he was shot 20 times in his backyard of his grandmother's home last year we did speak about this on one of our shows so please check it out when you get a chance um it's been reported that the cops who were involved in his death will not be facing any charges so they will not be prosecuted for anything and in the development of them working out this case, in a sense, and information that came forward, it has been noted that basically on the police officer's behalf that when they did some research pertaining to Clark, leading up to his death prior to, they found out that he had issues with his child's mother. Um, there was some domestic violence going on there pertaining to the text messages or some some volatile issues going on with their relationships also to which kind of explains why her being out of sight pertaining right. to protesting and stuff like that maybe she was visible maybe she but it wasn't as prevalent as his brother and other um family members who were involved heavily also to saying that he was kind of suicidal leading up to the day of the shooting so in terms of the way he acted or things that he was going through his grandmother was really um his family members were really upset with this information coming forward because it doesn't really it doesn't negate what happened whether there was a text message of him and his um child's mother he's not here to really speak to that about any form of domestic violence transpiring between the two or maybe them just not having a solid foundation or a tumultuous relationship. And then on top of that, him may being some aspect of suicide. You're a black man in America. Of course, you're going to be suicidal. Like, let's fucking be serious. That doesn't matter in the context of him being shot 20 times in his grandmother's backyard. And the fact that these cops are now being held accountable for their actions. Um, so we wanted to speak to that because it's been very quiet pertaining to his death, like around the protesting and stuff of that nature. And... Now to see that these officers are not even going to be charged at all, like they're not even going to be presented with anything, it's it's not surprising, but it's disheartening. Yeah, it's very frustrating, especially because it's it's that typical um, narrative where we're not really speaking about the real issue. We're just being distracted by, oh, he might have had issues with domestic violence. And just to be clear, domestic violence isn't a joke, but... When you are comparing domestic violence versus someone being yes. killed and then um, just the constant theme of police brutality and, and unarmed black men losing their lives, black men, women, and children, honestly, mm-hmm. not just black men anymore. Um, like, yeah, so when with that, with that narrative just being so prevalent and people like sorry people like Kaepernick kneeling around it this that's what we need to be talking about we don't need to be talking about the fact that he had domestic violence issues I think with the media we're just always trying to find every and every little detail about someone in their life and what they've been through to kind of maybe either discredit them or to raise them up on a pedestal but like the real important issue is how we're dealing with police brutality and it's very frustrating when this is where the conversation is going and and the fact that, again, these cops aren't being held accountable. And this is true. And it's a fact that it's an ongoing issue. 
I'm not surprised. I think what's sad is that I'm not surprised. What's sad is that when the news came out, I wasn't emotional. I was like, this is typical. Yeah. Because they're normally never charged in these instances. They're normally not being held accountable. The reality is this man was unarmed and you shot him multiple times, damn near 20, and in his grandmother's backyard. And even at the time when they could have seek help for him, it was more of a concern of, hey, do you have a weapon on you before we can even provide any kind of help? Like, are you fucking serious? So I think it's really disheartening. And the fact that in the interim of them trying to develop if there's going to even be a case being presented, it was like, oh, well, this occurred with his ex. And, you know, he was as if that is a reason for you to kill somebody, Um, whether he was suicidal, which we talked about on our show. You know, we talked about this previously about you are not alone. Um, Check that out when you get a chance. It doesn't matter. You know, that doesn't give you a right as a police officer to say, I'm going to take this person's life because, hey, you know, these new developments came forward. Um, To end on this note, we just really hope that we get some kind of police reform pertaining to police brutality. This needs to happen now, not tomorrow, not next week, not the next dead black body. It needs to happen now. I hope that his brother, because his brother's very active with all of this when it first happened, and his brother, you can see was, like, emotionally torn and going through some forms of PTSD because, like, you lost your brother to police brutality and here you are protesting on his behalf and people don't even understand him. They don't know the magnitude of what's going on and you just lost a loved one. So really hoping and understanding that his family gets um, what they need to move forward past this incident to properly heal. Yeah. But us as a community to have, continue to have deeper conversations about police reform, about police brutality, and we still need to seek justice justice in all of these cases you know not one case over another at the end of the day all of us are deserving of getting proper justice when it pertains to these situations and he shouldn't have died they could have handled it so much more better than that let's keep it 100 if he was a billy bob or joe it would have been handled differently so really speaking to that and i just hope that his family gets what they need to do in terms of them healing and moving forward past the incident yeah the one year anniversary actually just recently passed last week and it's it's a sad situation, and like you said, hopefully, not hopefully, we need change to occur now. I think I'm hopeful that things will get better. I feel like we have seen some progress. Mm-hmm. Granted, not enough, but sometimes it gets worse before things get better, and we can't get much worse than Cheeto Hitler and, <laughs> and all the hate that's out there in the world like right Shut now. And this, right, mm-hmm. so hopefully... Hopefully this will be like we're at the bottom and there's nothing nowhere to go but up from here. So Facts. that's what I'm that's where I'm keeping my fingers crossed and knocked on wood. Mm-hmm. And now we're about to wrap up soon, but time for Keys T. A little briefness, you know. You know how I like to do a little add a little sign, sign, sign. For you guys who have been keeping up to date with social media. It seems like Felicity Huffman and Laurie Laughlin had got themselves caught up in college schemes. Seems like they want to pay their way through life with their daughters or their um, children, for that matter. I'm going to speak to this real quickly because I'm not surprised that that happened. I went to Syracuse University, predominantly white institution, and I sat in classes, being the only black person in classes and being the only one, for that matter. And I'm just like, 
how did you make it here? <laughs> I used to question that. Like, how did you, Becky, we know you're not that smart. Like, you know, like, you, how did you get this far? Because, and when you're put in those institutions where you feel like you're inadequate, you start to realize when these things come full frontal, like, people are part of the 1% who bribe their way for their children to make it, you realize that you're more than worthy. You, you are more than qualified to be in those institutions. You're more than qualified to be in those classes. You're more than worthy to be in those classes and in those forums and those discussions. And I'm glad that this is coming to light. I'm not surprised by it. And I'm sure this is literally the surface. There's more deeper going on to it, and not just pertaining to college admissions, but also other aspects of life where there are people who make it and they're not deserving of it, especially when it comes to when you want to compare and contrast white people being in certain positions where they're giving the platform to make it and to thrive and to do well. And people like us have to literally scrape our way to the top. So to me, I'm glad this is actually coming to light and they're being fully held accountable. What I think is very interesting is that there are black mothers and black parents who were imprisoned years ago because they lied about where they were residing so that their children could have better education pertaining to going to a better public school, a better private school, and being in that aspect of a zip code. So I think we need to speak to that. And my thing is, if you want to hold Felicity and Lori held accountable and and other people, there were other celebrities a part of that and also other people part of the 1%. Are they going to do jail time? It can't be that they pay a little fee and that's it. Are they going to do jail time? They need to be held accountable. Keep the same energy you had with the black mothers and the black parents who did time for lying about where they live so their kids can have a better education and a different zip code. Keep that same energy. And if you ain't going to do it, then we, we got to talk about this shit. And that joint got me all the way tight because I'm like, really, this is what we're doing right now? Like, you got kids like me who came from the hood going to these colleges like Syracuse University, and you know damn well some of the white kids in there did not deserve to be in there. And the reason why they got in there because their parents gave money towards endowment, and they gave money towards scholarships. They just made up scholarships and shit and just gave money towards the institution, and that's why their children were able to thrive and be a part of those institutions. Sometimes their grades was manipulated so they could thrive and they could win and they could be a part of the privilege while we still got to suffer. So if you're not going to keep that energy... Best to believe we got to talk about that shit. Let them get locked up. They need to be in a jail cell. Go to Rikers with the little green, little orange outfits and keep it pushing. I'm not playing. Like, let's keep an equal opportunity for everybody. Let's not lock up the black mothers and then want to give these white mothers a pass. We got to give an equal opportunity for everybody. And shout out to Sephora for dropping Olivia Jade because her mother played a part. Um... Special shout out to Sephora for dropping Olivia Jade. They actually had a business relationship with her and come to find out that she was a part of the college admissions scandal. They decided to drop her. And I just want to give a special shout out to them and also any other platforms that decided to drop any of their partnerships with people who are part of the college scheme because you're setting an example and you're setting a trend and you're making people know that you can't cheat your way through life. You actually have to work your way hard. And I think that's very important. And also I want to end on this note. I want to give a special shout out to... New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. Um, they had announced that they're going to um, ban military-style semi-automatic subsequent the shooting at the mosque, which ended up killing 50 people at the two mosques. So I really want to give a special shout-out to New Zealand because they actually took action. Not sure if it's the right approach, but the fact that they're willing to be proactive in ending gun violence in their 
um, country and and their community, and they really want to go so by being a bit more proactive. I have to give them, I really have to give them praise for that because in the U.S. it's like 20 billion you know, shootings, and yet still, we're still on this back-and-forth crap NRA, and there's no real conversations about banning guns or anything of that nature or any kind of gun reform. So I really do want to give a special shout-out to New Zealand for being proactive in that regard, and that's Keith's tea for y'all. <sighs> Thank you, Keith. I love it. I just, one thing I really want to just point out um, before we end the show, I really like how you mentioned um, reminding these kids that they're worthy and just because other people are taking shortcuts and you may sometimes feel that you're not you're not worthy for certain positions or places in life if you work hard you you stay consistent and persistent it's not saying it's going to be easy but you can't get anywhere you really want to if you really commit to it and you are worthy to, to making it happen and you can make it happen for yourself so i really love that you said that um so once again guys thank you for tuning in make sure if you haven't done so already you purchased that ringtone playing all silky smooth in your ears for android users you can do that at the tune store and for apple users you can do that at the itunes store and you can also follow us on instagram and twitter at unapologetic d underscore and you can make donations to our Patreon account by searching Unapologetically Different. And finally, you can find all of our shows on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and now Stitcher by searching Unapologetically Different. Stay tuned for our next episode. Bye.